It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday, July thirty tw- first uh, of twenty twenty. This is episode number seventy one. Talking about you should have left from twenty twenty. Broadcasting from our everybody cut foot loose studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards and Andy Kelly. It's the freezing in July studio in here. You, the, the air conditioning finally works in this place, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's either too hot or too cold, but you know, I'd, I'd rather have it cool and then, yeah. like, it's perfect weather outside right now. It's, it's perfect weather for the computers in here, so. For sure. Guess, so, so we've had a couple of weeks off. We've had a lot of things come up. A lot of things are going on. Vacation and stuff <laughs> exactly. like that. Um, you got big plans this weekend? Uh, no, actually, I'm going to stay home and uh, clean. <laughs> You're going to adult, huh? I actually am, yes. Nice. Uh, yeah. Hey, I actually checked out a podcast. Uh, it's right, from right here in Wisconsin. It's called the Cripes Cast. Hmm. Are you familiar with Charlie Barron's? I am. Mm-hmm. Does the Manitowoc Minute? Oh yeah, I, I know what that is. Uh, in Wisconsin knows what that. Yeah, is. and and like that that character, he's actually a character when he's doing that because he over exaggerates okay. the uh, the accent of right. people from Wisconsin. Kind of the way I talk. No, <laughs> you've got a very neutral voice. Uh, I hope or so. neutral. I like accent, to think I, I do, but I'm sure it comes out once in a while. Um, but yeah, he actually talks to people from the Midwest. Like this past uh, this past episode, he talked to a guy that played on the Wisconsin Badgers. He was a basketball okay. or is a basketball player is now playing okay. for the uh, Phoenix Suns. Okay. It's really good. I mean, it's an hour long. They're just talking about Midwest stuff. It's very, very disjointed because he doesn't sound prepared, but it actually, I, I, th- I think it's a controlled chaos. So if you get a chance, it's called the Cripes cast. It's a very Wisconsin word. Cripes. Cripes. And, and, and Ope. O-P-E. Ope. 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 Like Cripes. if you're, if yeah. you're, if you're getting ready to run mm-hmm. into somebody. Oh, yep. We do say that. (laughs) Horror movie news. All right, horror movie news. We talked about it on the last show, but there's a new poster for A24 St. Maud. The movie, which was recently delayed until October, is directed by Rose Glass. Uh, Poster's pretty cool. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, You can see it on bloodydisgusting.com. Features a title character with hair stylized to look like fire. It is kind of cool. I should check that out. It's kind of a neat poster. Rob Zombie celebrated the 15th anniversary of the Devil's Rejects by posting some Polaroids of the characters from the movie on his Instagram. You can see all the members of the Firefly family on, it's the July 22nd post. This is a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's even a picture of Sid Hag all bloodied up on her. Oh, man. That's Missed funny. that guy. He was so good. Yeah. You into collector shoes at all? Uh, I, I like Jordans. I got some uh, Jordan 3s and 4s in my collection. Oh, boy. That's those right. are worth some money now. Yeah, yeah I like those. Uh, Warren Lottis, he's a horror-themed designer, has created a limited-edition pair of Nike Dunk Lows that feature elements of Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Voorhees' signature mask is incorporated into the swoosh, and the green and red shoe recalls Freddy's sweater. There you go. Uh, shoes go on sale Sunday, this Sunday, for 300 bucks, <laughs> which is not too bad when, you, when you're dealing with uh, collector shoes. Yeah. Uh, Lottis says, He's already ordered the shoes from the manufacturer, but if they do not ship before October 15th, he'll give you 100 bucks plus the shoes. Nice. Yeah. But So you just pay, pay $200. You would only pay $200 for these. They're pretty cool shoes, too. You check them out on That's on Bloody Disgusting, too, uh, as well as uh, this guy's name is um, 
Warren Lottis, he's he's got an Instagram that has he he's does like uh, horror themed shirts and things like that. Oh, so. cool! Yeah, I wonder if uh, Robert England and uh, Kane Hodder get the free pair. I don't. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Danny Trejo says he still wants to make machete kills again in space. That's like where all horror movies go eventually, <laughs> right? So true. Trio said in an interview with uh, Discussing Film, if Robert would ever get off his ass, he'd write Machete Kills in space. I might just write it. You know, I haven't spoken with Robert in a while. He's been really busy, and I've been really busy. Maybe I'll call him, see what's up. <laughs> I haven't talked with Robert for a while. He kind of dumped me, I think. Ha ha, I got too big. <laughs> he's great, but he's busy. So maybe we can see Machete Kills in space, just like Jason and uh, the Leprechaun. The Leprechaun. <laughs> Who've also been in space. I'm waiting for Freddy. I'm waiting for Chucky to go to space. (laughs) It's a necessity when you're uh, it is. Once you've done franchise eight or nine sequels, you just got to go to space with it, I guess. So that's about it for horror movie news. I don't know if you got a chance to. Did you check out the uh, trailer to Kevin Smith's anthology? No, I didn't see that. But I forgot about the the Terror Fryer True Two trailer actually came out. Oh yes, that was uh, about a week ago. That was nice, and that looked pretty cool. Yeah, that that's going to be gory. I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure it's going to be more gory than Terrifier. Definitely, and I'm very excited about it. You know, I wasn't real big on it when I first watched it. Yeah, but then I just kind of I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? That was fun. It, it, it I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it right away. So I must have uh, rubbed off on you or something because, uh, yeah, I remember you didn't initially like it. Now you said that uh, Kevin Smith's new trailer, that's uh, Kilroy, was here or whatever. Yeah. I haven't seen this trailer. What's that about? I think it's another anthology. I mean, the the killer looks kind of cool. He's got his uh, he's got his daughter in it. Uh, Jason Muse, of course, is in it. Um, it looks interesting. The killer looks kind of kind of cool, kind of creepy. Hmm. But yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. Yeah. Horror movie trivia. Uh, Kevin Bacon was not the first choice to lead this role of Theo. Who was the first choice? This would have been a very different movie. I'm pretty sure that might be Nick Cage. That is Nicolas Cage. Very good. (laughs) Would have been a very different movie. Um, (laughs) Would have been better. And we've been talking about Kevin Bacon a lot lately. Uh, I mean, the guy's got some real horror chops. You got to say it. He does. He uh, did Friday the the first Friday the 13th. Obviously, Tremors, one of my personal favorites of his is Stir of Echoes, Mm -hmm. uh, which is related to this movie, obviously. Uh, Same writer, director. Uh, However, his most recent horror film, next to You Should Have Left, is this uh, the director? No, uh, Kevin, Bacon? Kevin Bacon. Yep. What is the most recent horror movie he has starred in uh, before you should have left? Most recent, I the only one that's coming to mind is Hollow Man. It is called The Darkness from 2016. I don't think I saw this one. No, no, yeah, The Darkness, <laughs> The Darkness, Andy's Chainsaw Plot. Theo, a retired banker married to a young, promising actress, Susanna, and their daughter, Ella, travel to Wales before Susanna's next big film. Uh, the house they rent has as many secrets as Theo and threatens to expose both him and the house for what they really are. <laughs> Here's a spoiler alert for the movie You Should Have Left from 2020. It is a brand new movie. You can find it on uh, VOD. We're going to be talking about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen it, go watch it. Pod the, pause the podcast, then come back to find out what we thought about it and your initial thoughts on You Should Have Left. Right. So David, David Cap wrote Stir of Echoes, which is a movie I loved. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite supernatural horror movies. Um no, nah, actually, that's probably The Conjuring, but uh, but Stir of Echoes is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> so 
this movie, I think, lies somewhere in between those two. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's not as bad as Indiana Jones, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. Uh, but it's definitely no stir of echoes. Um, I was excited to uh, see this. I I paid the twenty bucks when it was uh, when I was out from the theater. And hey, I I would have probably gone and seen this in the theater. So uh, every time I uh, pay for premium video on demand, I feel like I've gotten a deal. I'm happy to do it when I can see a new movie in my house. Uh, pause it. I think I had a couple beers during it, and you know go had bathroom. to go to the bathroom. So I got to pause it. Didn't miss anything. <laughs> And uh, and I I I've, I was fine with uh, what I paid to see this, um, and uh, I will go as far to say as I do not feel like I paid too much to watch this movie. No, I, and nor should you. Yeah. You know, and I don't regret the seven dollars I paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got it at a a, a reduced cost. And we had so much going on, and I didn't. I think I'm glad that it. I didn't make you buy it when it was uh, twenty bucks. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have been disappointed either. Um, either way. Uh, I, I thought, and I didn't read anything into this movie. I wanted to go into it blind because I, I think the the couple of movies that we watched that are brand new and you knew a little bit about it, maybe it would have helped me, mm-hmm. but I just watched part of the trailer and I'm like, okay, I'm excited for this. It's got Kevin Bacon. It's got Amanda Seyfried. It's got this young actress and it's, you know, it seems like it could be really condensed because yeah. there's not a lot of stories you need to follow in this. Right. Um, the acting was not good. Um, I I was okay. Like like I, I think Kevin Bacon is. There's a reason why he has longevity because he has range. He's a great mm-hmm. actor. Amanda Seyfried. She has an Oscar or, or multiple Oscar nominations. Fantastic actor. And you know this little girl, the seven year old little girl. She she was adorable. I mean, she played the part perfect. Just a very vibrant, bubbly young lady. You know what? She's again is probably the best performance in the film. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. Kevin Kevin Bacon just there was no kind of like I don't know. I, I didn't get any kind of vibe from him. I I know it was part of the character because there was a there was a conversation between between Susanna, who's uh, Amanda Seyfried's character, and Theo, Kevin Bacon. Of why don't you just yell at me like normal people? And I guess he's supposed to be very level-headed. Um, you know, there's there, there was there. This movie started out with just all character build, and then the last twenty minutes is when you got to the meat, and there was like zero payoff to it, and I was so disappointed. Yeah, the payoff of the movie is is not great, and it does it does do. N- there isn't a lot that happens in, yeah, the first hour of it. It's an hour and a half film, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a normal right. length film, and it felt longer. It felt like I was watching, just just the pacing of it felt like I was watching a two and a half hour long movie. Like watching Midsummer, it didn't feel like the two hours and 45 no, minutes. That, that movie definitely didn't feel like it. Was, and I, I'm pretty... Um, pretty sensitive to that. Yeah, like, you really when, are. When, when movies get over an hour and a half, I start to get uh, bored <laughs> and ready for them to be over. And I, I rarely think. And, uh, but I didn't get that from this. I didn't really feel like it was too long or anything. Maybe it's because nothing happened for the first hour. I was. Uh, well, that's that's why it felt long. I mean, I, I think, you know, with horror movies, it's fine with a character build like the first half hour. And I wrote down in here, I said, 30 minutes in, I'm bored. <laughs> And, okay. and then, you know, another 25 minutes later, I'm, I wrote down, I'm still bored. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, 
I don't have anything against haunting movies or, or a possessed house no, or I anything love like that. Mm-hmm. And they're fun. I mean, I don't Conjuring, think that, I don't like, think that yeah. is a subgenre that has ever been overdone. No, you I know, like agree. zombies or like vampires. Right. right. No, not at all. I, I agree with you on that. And uh, but like this is no conjuring. This is there. There's just a, a, a lot better uh, examples of, of, of that genre that uh, that do this better. And, and I agree. This isn't this isn't my new favorite uh, haunting movie at all. Uh, Kevin Bacon in this. I mean, the guy is pretty prolific. Maybe he just kind of phoned this one in. I'm not, I'm not sure. After you said that, I and mean, I thought about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not his greatest performance. Um, I'm not looking for Oscar worthy performance, but right. I mean, again, there there should be some emotion. There was one part where he actually showed real emotion. Like his range is a fantastic actor, and he that is. was towards the end of the movie when he's laying in bed with his daughter and and protecting her, saying, "Listen, I'll protect you no matter what." And he has this like like. And it, it it was a great scene, but like some of the dialogue was like, okay. He says, well, everything always came easy to me. It was so easy for me. And, you know, there was, and I, we'll get to it about what happened with his late wife. Right. Um, that had nothing to do with it. He, he was just talking about how everything was so easy for him. And he just, oh yeah, life, life was a breeze. And everything came to me and I was impatient, but you were the one thing I had to wait for. So I, I, I think I think the conversation with his daughter, but you're talking to a seven year old little girl that, you know, hey, kid, this everything's going to come easy. I mean, you gear it's the dial, it's the script. I get that. But there was like no emotion until that kind of very end where I'm kind of, oh, you know what? That was good. Yeah, that scene did stick out as as one of the better his better performances in the film for yeah. sure. And, and maybe it was because he was with the uh, actress who played uh, Ella. Yeah. And she was really good. I don't know. Uh, you know, he's in this movie. He's a retired banker. He's got this cloud of suspicion around him about his uh, former wife, his late wife. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, you know, OJ where everybody thinks he's guilty, you know, and he's obviously done it. There's more of like a Robert Durst thing where there's some doubt around it. And uh, people people suspect he probably did it, but there's not really any way to prove it. Should we say what happened to her? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. We can explain well, that. The story goes is that uh, she has, she's taking maybe an antidepressant or something yeah, like that. Xanax, or, something like that. Yeah. yeah and, uh, she overdid it. Um, right. She laid in a bathtub and she just drowned. Right. Exactly. And she, he just so she was high on these on medication. Yeah. And was taking a bath, sunk down into the bathtub and drowned. Right. Yeah. And he found her and he, he was suspected of this. He was a high profile banker. Right. Obviously very wealthy. Right. Um, but he was suspected of this. And, you know, there's a conversation later between Susanna and Ella. You know, again, a seven year old little girl having these adult conversations is it, it just it baffled me. I'm like, it took me out of the movie. Okay. Like her See, I didn't I didn't think that was out of the ordinary that conversation she had with uh with um Susanna was yeah. uh you know, why does everybody hate daddy? That's something that I think like a girl of her age would break pick up on, don't you? I, I agree one hundred percent. and you're right, the the young actress did a great job. But then with the script and the dialogue is that um, Amanda Siegfried's character just goes into this big dissertation about everything that happened, like she's talking to an adult or. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is uh, what in writing they call a, well, you know, Bob, a conversation where, uh, you know, it's, it's an info dump. 
right? Well, that's exactly right uh, of what happened to her. <laughs> right, but right. but she's ex- <laughs> she's info dumping to the audience, not to the little girl. Right. Yeah. Not related. That's exactly that. what's happening there. And, and and yeah, I agree. When when the uh, conversation went to Amanda Seyfried's uh, part there, and and it was. Uh, but I, I didn't I didn't get the idea. And I think what you're you're saying is that this isn't something that a little girl would necessarily pick up on or whatever. I, I think she. No, would. no, no. I, I think the way it was written, it could have been done. You can info. You, you're as an actor, you're talking to the audience. You're trying to get yeah. the audience to to understand of the, the situation. So I, so I get that. But I think the way it was written was written for you written for me to understand okay this is this is instead of having to show you flashbacks or go back a, a bunch of steps this is what happened this is the reason why they hate your dad okay so okay. you you felt the way that the mom explained it to the daughter was not fitting with the right. way you talked to a little girl okay i got you yeah i i just felt that it was like okay it could have been it could have been written a, a little better sure okay um so one of the so the movie starts out and he's talking like Kevin Bacon's character Theo is the name of the character he's talking to Suzanne on his phone and he's uh, sitting by this pool and uh, that one of the uh, aside from the acting of the little girl, the architecture in this movie, I thought was the biggest star, really. I mean, yeah, well, it's a great pool. Yeah. <laughs> the aesthetic of this was great. Actually, uh, Suz- Susanna yeah. was actually at the house. She was going for a swim. Then she was going to go to film her movie. Right. Um, you know, they talked it, and it kinda, oh, he's in the, who's in the phone with then. Yeah, you're right. You, cause no, she was he was listening to that self-help guru. Oh, that's what he was doing. Like, okay. like he was listening to that on his phone. So that's before right. you found out anything about him, he's, he's listening to this self-help guy saying, yeah. you know, you need to breathe in and meditate. Um, what was it? Um, yeah, it was like him meditating and just saying, hey, look, you know, you take this one step at a time and you're going to be able to get over this, you know, and you don't know what's really going on for him. And I was fine with that. Yeah, um, I knew it, just, it was not an important conversation. It was filler and it just didn't uh, it, I I didn't remember it hardly at all. So yeah. uh, but the because uh, I was looking at the pool mostly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like I think there was they tried to establish that there's a really good relationship because Susanna was is the stepmom. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, obviously, um, and she's much younger than Kevin Bacon's character Theo. Right. Um, there was that c- kind of conversation. Oh yeah, you're an old guy. Well, you're a young gal, and um, you know I think it tried to establish that there's a great relationship or a great family unit here because before she left, the they were playing hide and seek with Ella in the house. Right. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I think I think it does show that that uh, initially she they they've got a pretty good relationship and you know she's understanding of of uh you know the public's uh, behavior toward him and stuff she tries to make him come out in a good light to his daughter and all that so yeah i think that uh initially it looks like they have a very uh, cohesive family yeah and and she's very you know very motherly to ella so right. you know right. and you know they seem like they love each other uh, there's a scene where they get it on in in, in the car that's right um so <laughs> yeah i i mean it, it seems like at the outset they have a pretty good relationship um i guess another thing that hit me about this movie was uh in the original book the main character theo is uh is a screenwriter and his wife is an actor and i thought there was a lot of residual from that in this movie mm-hmm. like i actually when i when i originally thought of the uh when i was writing out my notes for this movie i'm like yeah this guy's a writer i'm like well, wait a minute no he's not mm-hmm. uh and um 
I guess there was a lot of speculation about why uh, Cap ch- uh, chose to change the character to a banker. And uh, I think the main theory is that he had already made a film about being a writer in a haunted house called <laughs> Secret Window with Johnny Depp, 2004. Yeah. Uh, but I hate movies where uh, a writer is the main character. I think we talked about that before because Stephen King always does that, you know. Yeah. It's like making yourself a character in your book, I think. Yeah, because his endings are always great, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Movies with actors and writers as characters are, I, I don't know. I, I hate those. I hate that. It's annoying. It's like lazy writing. Like the writer can't relate to anyone else. Uh, and it's also a boring job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know. I like doing it, obviously. Mm-hmm. I like writing, but uh, I've written some books. But it's kind of dull to as, as a lifestyle. I mean, go talk to a plumber for 20 minutes and write about a, uh, you know, a plumber. You just get some, get some ideas of what somebody else's life is like. So, I don't know. Well, and they, they, there wasn't really... They obviously established that he wasn't a writer or had anything to do with the entertainment business because he went to go visit Susanna on her on her set, you know, and this PA is like, uh, you know, that's right. And that, it was just it was gibberish, you know, talk mm-hmm. like telling them to be quiet. All right. Stand by or whatever they say on a movie set rolling and then right. you had to be quiet he's sitting there getting frustrated he's tapping his toe you know just waiting and he starts saying something oh wait we're going again rolling and, and this is just the one of the most pointless scenes in the movie and it's like couldn't you just cut that out i, I think you could have uh, and but I mean, this movie is only an hour and 29 minutes right i mean it, it seemed like the, it was that that scene was slightly entertaining i guess because it did show some of his jealousy that she happened to be filming a love scene, if I remember right, uh, at the time. Well, <laughs> so he had to kind of listen to what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I guess it established that, but I mean, it was but, just like it just dragged on. So it was one of the more. Yeah, I thought it was one of the more entertaining scenes, I guess. But it, there wasn't. It, you're right. It really had nothing. It was totally incidental to the movie. Um, I don't know. And there, I think like there really wasn't anything about the story that was super compelling for me. I think it was mostly the scenery and the mood. And, you know, we get to Wales and there's these rolling hills and the house is this like modern house with uh, built into the landscape. You know, you can actually rent this house in Wales. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, there's actually sheep and stuff at it, too. Sweet. <laughs> it's, I checked this out. Uh, uh, it's called Lifehouse, I guess. Uh, not to plug them or anything, but uh, winter was the only time I could have aff- could have afforded it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't want to sure be in winter. In I don't know. It's, it already looked pretty cold when they when they were there. I'm not sure what season it was supposed to be. I think spring or something. Right, like yeah, that. it looked really green. And Kevin did, Bacon, yeah. actually, when they first got there, is saying, you know, this is prettier than yeah. Than the pictures. Yeah. And it was, it was, that was some beautiful cinematography there the, with those hills and, you know, the sheep and all that kind of stuff and the, and the house itself. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that was, that kind of overshadowed anything else that was going on in the film. It, it was like, wow, this is really pretty, but what's really happening here? Not much. You right. Know? But, but then, and, and I'm going to go back to like adding scenes that really weren't necessary was the whole you know, driving on the right side of the road or the the, oh, yeah. the correct side of the road when you're in England or in Wales, you know, there was just this kind of lingering dialogue that, that happened. There was a really cool scene, and if they would have cut all the rest of that out, you know, because it had nothing to do with the movie, but there was this great shot like Ari Aster did uh, when when they first, uh, uh, in Midsummer when they first got to uh, Sweden. 
mm-hmm. you know, and this kind of flip up on top of the on top of the car as it's driving up to the to the gate of this beautiful house. And I thought that was really good. That was actually a really good. Yeah, that was a well, like you said, this great like, cinematography. Some, yeah, yeah. So, some mm-hmm. of the cinematography was really good, and I enjoyed it. Um, it. It was great, but yeah, there's really. I mean, outside of that, if if this was just a normal house or something, I think this would have, movie would have been much less enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. There's that shadow puppet scene. Uh, oh yeah, the L is like ma- making L is doors. making shadow puppets, and there's like this room that has no door on it. I wouldn't like to stay in that when I was a kid. <laughs> I wanted a lock on my door. <laughs> Not have wanted my parents coming in. Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this scene was scary for people with children, but that was another thing. Like, it just, there was things that it seemed like maybe something scary was going to happen, and the shadow puppet scene is one of them. What, what basically, she's making shadow puppets on the wall, and then, like, a shadow of a man walks past or whatever. But... Well, and uh, we forgot to mention at the beginning of the movie, we get, actually, we, we meet our antagonist at the beginning of the movie, who's Stetler. Yeah. So, Stetler is... <laughs> is this... Um, I don't know, like a country blumpkin kind of guy. I guess, yeah. Uh, he's wearing a hat. He's wearing flannel. Um, scares Ella in a, in a nightmare and scares um, Theo in a nightmare. So, so yeah, that's like right. that scene of, you know, a nightmare within a nightmare, which was a nightmare and wasn't a nightmare, whatever. Um, so we meet him. So, so the shadowy figure um, who you get established at the beginning of the movie is Stetler. Like yeah, you're wearing, right. you see the ball cap and you see the, the figure. Um, there was a lot of shadowy figures in the background and it wasn't effective. Not like, really. I mean, it, this isn't anything new that hasn't been done better before. Right. Watch haunting on Hill house. You know, the Netflix show, they have ghosts everywhere in that. And every single time it'll scare the hell out of you. It'll make you jump. I didn't jump once except one time. Yeah, you'll have to tell me when that was. I don't remember any of the jump scares being super effective in this film. Um, the, then there's this that that scene where he goes into town for groceries, <laughs> and I, and you know I, this is actually one of the more memorable scenes in the film. And I think it's not because it's super well written or anything. I think the actor playing the grocer is actually doing a really pretty good job too. He's actually a compelling character for whatever reason. He made me laugh. He did. He did. He was he was a he did a good job whoever that actor was and I didn't even look up his name because it's just not at all that important a scene. <laughs> storekeeper guy. Yeah, the storekeeper guy, whatever his name was, uh it was an it, it was like kind of a, a scene that was memorable for me in this movie because I think it was because of that guy's acting. Like he was a presence in the film and he overshadowed Kevin Bacon in that. Yeah, scene. for sure. Kevin Bacon walks in there. He's got this, this I need butter, bread, eggs. And right. then the guy walks back, walks away slowly, grabs butter. Uh, right. I need bread, eggs, banana. Guy walks back, grabs a loaf of bread. And, you know, it, it, this happens for a little while. Right. Um and they Kevin start. Bacon is really kind of an impatient jerk to him. You never want to be a jerk to uh, the locals in a, in a horror movie. Right. <laughs> this guy's not good for you. Is is Welsh? And maybe I, I don't know because I'm not cultured. Is Welsh a different language or is it just it's like a kind of a subversion of yeah, English, they, right? They, they speak a different language there. Again, I'm not super. I've never been to uh, the UK but uh, or Wales. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's some other kind of language there. Okay, is it? Because, I mean, yeah, it sounded not, like just a heavy... Yeah, no, it's definitely a different really, language. I can't tell you. I don't want to say the wrong language. That would be very offensive to someone from Wales. So. Well, anyways, <laughs> but, uh, it, but yeah, there, there must have been, like, 
he, he knew English or something, mm-hmm. and they were talking. He's like, yeah, I'm renting that house up the hill, and and he asked, did anything happen yet? And he's like, no. There's actually a language called Welsh. Okay. So he's right. probably speaking Welsh. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I again, I'm not cultured. Right. Um, but uh, he asked about Stetler, and he's like, uh, no, right. no, I don't know Stetler. So here we go. Here's our harbinger of the movie. Right. <laughs> and, and I thought that the Stetler was going to be, I, I thought it was going to be a real scary, like Bill Wilkins from The Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. Bill Wilkins was, uh, he was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Stetler, um, well, what we find out, it's not all that scary. <laughs> nope. Um, I don't know. You know, he, then he goes back to the house and like there's that whole he he's in that there's that journal scene. And um, you're you talking know, about when he, at night. Where well, he's no, he. Yeah, he's he's he has a dream and he ends up finding that door or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, like the room is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I don't I wasn't scared about any of that. It wasn't no, like this. That's scary. the part that made me jump scare because he's writing okay. in his journal and it's nighttime and you see this perfect reflection of himself in the window because of the light and it's dark outside. So he turns around because he hears the door open and the and it, that's it's freaky because the reflection doesn't do it. Oh the, yeah, the I, I remember that. Yeah, right that was at him. that was kind of kind of scary. I thought that was effective. I went, whoa, hey, there you go. Yeah, you, there, there's a staircase and he finds Ella's dead body in the basement. Ever he goes downstairs, realizes is he tries to slash himself to yeah, wake he cuts himself, himself in the in the wrist and then mm-hmm. into the neck and then he ends up waking up and then he goes to the library. Everything's back to normal. I I don't know. It wasn't nothing super scary about this scene. I don't get it. what what was it trying to show him that like. Ella could end up dead from this or, or what? I didn't really like usually a dream like that is a sign of something to begin with. Like their other dream was obviously a sign of what Stetler was that some sort of doom was going to come to them. What was this trying to say? Like, he finds his daughter's dead body. Was it you know, supposed I, to be? I, th- I thought about that, too. And I questioned it. And I, I, I my only explanation would be he's afraid this is going to happen to his daughter, just like it happened to his deceased wife. Okay, and he has to make a choice at the end of this movie, so that that's maybe what he ends up avoiding by making that choice or what? I mean, I don't, that's, I don't know. That's I, where I, this movie was so yeah. disjointed. It, right. You don't understand it. Um, yeah. We did get there was a conversation between Ella, and we talked about it a little bit, Ella and, and Susanna about why people hated her dad. Right. Blah blah blah. Um, and you didn't think that. What What were your thoughts on that scene? No, well, see, I thought I thought it was good information like like you said it's an info dump i didn't yeah. like the dialogue just yeah. because you're talking to me you're not talking to the little girl the way you wrote this right um but it was good i mean it, it got it had me understanding that you know he's almost a disgraced wealthy banker uh thought of killing his wife or letting his wife die right um so again you know when you throw that info at me or give me that info dump it's like down the line it's gonna have something to do with the end um Either way, and mm-hmm. it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, well, okay, so one thing I did find interesting is kind of compelling, compelling storytelling here was about his jealousy and how he's jealous of her. You know, he's she's obviously kind of a up and coming. He's done with his career. His career is over. You know, right. he's retired. She's kind of an up and coming actress. It sounded like she, you know she's filming in London here in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, that's why they take this vacation. Yeah, away exactly. They, they take this vacation because she's going to be in London and it, she's got a little downtime before that. Uh, so he. 
he's uh, he's obviously very suspicious of her. She's in the bathtub. He checks her iPhone or iPad or MacBook. If you know how all those things work, you can get messages on every one of them. So you have to delete the messages from all three of them if you have them to delete them. Uh, so uh, he finds nothing. He actually apologizes to her for being such a dick. Mm-hmm. And like uh, next few scenes, he seems to be at peace that she's being faithful with him. Um she goes outside to play with Ella and he texts her something like uh, watch out for something or, or the dog. I can't remember what he no, he, he texts her. You two are, ador- you two are adorable. Yeah. yeah, that's what and, he says. And then and then um, he hears a vibrating <laughs> on the table. Well, next well no, she she looks at the she's phone looking like, at her phone. Yes. Yeah, like, uh, as if she had just gotten right. that text message. Right. So he's, he smiles and then he hears the vibrating. Right. And so and she's then, got two phones. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a twist after it's not like M. Night Shyamalan. By any means, no. or any, like it's not. He was dead the whole time. Fantastic twist, or yes, not anything like that. But it was, it was, you know, for this movie, it was some compelling storytelling. I okay, thought it was, okay. it was a little bit like, oh wow, I'm on the opposite end because okay. because there was multiple times of jealousy came up, and one was when they were getting it on in the car, because he apologizes. Hey, I'm so sorry. For my jealousy. You know, I'm trying to control my jealousy. Right. And she looks him in the eye and says, oh, don't worry about it. I love you. And then, you know, it's like, like, it doesn't really come up again until she takes a bath and he's going through all her stuff. Um, the reason why he apologizes is because they have a fight about or an argument about her telling Ella what happened in his life or what happened to her mother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, You know, why would you do this? I didn't know what age to tell her. And then, you know, there was this really uh, awkward kind of dinner scene and they're up in the room. She goes to take a bath and he's he's like, oh, you need a towel? Looking through her stuff. Oh, you need this? Okay, never mind. So she comes out and he goes, listen, I'm sorry. I was a total jerk. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, It's fine that you told her this. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it had nothing to do with the jealousy, but I remember from the beginning, you know, he said, I'm sorry for my jealousy or I'm trying to control my jealousy. Right. And then we get this message and it's like he knew all along he was absolutely right. So where was the payoff there? Yeah, I guess you're trying to throw me off of like like he's looking through her stuff. He's not finding this. But there's this, this his suspicions were absolutely yeah, actually right. they were they were true the whole time. So yeah, maybe maybe not awesome. But again, it's no M Night Shyamalan twist here. But, <laughs> he was but, dead uh, the whole time. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't know. So yeah, after this whole scene, he, he confronts her about being unfaithful. She leaves. Uh, he's he's there with Ella, um, and uh, he finds out during this time that the house inside is larger than the outside. I don't really know what that has to do with anything. I guess, you know, the house is a lot bigger inside. There's like places it traps you and stuff. So maybe that's, there's something weird about the house is all it's trying to say, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's like a maze. It becomes a labyrinth. labyrinth, Um, Before that, he checks his journal again and somebody had written in his, in his journal said, uh, you it's, you should have left. It's too late. Right. And, you know, he's, he's kind of freaking out about that. And then right. um, Susanna leaves, goes to town, stays at a hotel, pick me up in the morning or pick us up in the morning. 
Uh, there's like this water pulling thing, and we forgot to mention that the storekeeper gave uh, <laughs> gave Theo a triangle. You give him a triangle to measure uh, ninety degree angles, yes, uh, and it doesn't work on any of the walls. Yeah, so, so there's not a ninety degree angle between the wall and the floor. Right. Right. And so he's like, mm, this is weird. Let's tape measure it. So he measures it in 26 feet, right? Right. He goes outside, has Ella hold the other end. Hmm, 21 feet. Yeah. It's five feet longer in there. And <laughs> right. what? Yeah, okay, yeah, so you, what you're trying to tell me that, that and you, you get one more info dump. Yeah. Uh, he's freaking out, right? Because, like, Ella's lost through this whole thing. So he ends up finding Ella. And uh, they, they go back to, like, the living room. He calls up uh, the storekeeper, says, hey, listen, I don't know anybody here. I need you to get me a taxi. The guy goes, we don't have any taxis here. <laughs> right. <laughs> then he tells him about Stetler and goes into this thing about the devil built a... Uh, was a tower. Yeah, that's right. And to capture souls, and God struck it down. Yet the devil keeps building it up and over everything else. So yeah, basically, what he's trying to do is he he's info dumping you that mm -hmm. this is uh, this is a, a a religious allegory. This house is a house of the devil. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It traps evil people inside of it. Yeah. So so. Um. Obviously, he's evil. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And he's guilty of killing his wife is basically. And I, I, I'm trying to think here that he he didn't push her head down into the tub, but he, he didn't save her. She he did. didn't save he her. Yeah, drug. she she sunk down in the tub and he didn't do anything about it. Yeah, he was it. right there. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He said, you know, my hatred for her. Right. It just got the best of me and I just let her die. And we, and we you know, find that out explicitly right yeah. there. It's not like any question about it. So yeah, exactly. It's so, that that much. So. You know, so but he goes through the house, right? Mm -hmm. And it keeps. There's more, I, and it, this is where it gets bloated. Is it's time shifting, or or you're stuck in your own hell, and you, oh, yeah. you're bound to repeat your your own hell. Like he's repeating this constantly. You know, from one point, is that what happens at the end? Is like he's going to repeat back to that moment where, you know, all of a sudden things are going bad in this relationship they fly back out to wells and this it's this time jump or time loop thing that he keeps going through i i it was bloated it was yeah like, i didn't it was a bit contrived and i didn't wasn't it wasn't all that great i hated it yeah. I, i'm sorry i did i was like so I, I was confused i was like you know stick to one point right. okay i get it if you're stuck in your own hell and, you know, you're about to meet your maker because then we find out Stetler is Kevin Bacon with it like older face. And that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, then, so you're facing your own demons. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That's what we find Stetler. And again, again, not a not the most clever twist on film ever. But um, yeah, and basically he figures out that he needs to uh, leave his his daughter. He has to send her back with Susanna. Yeah. He's so. got to stay there in the house and live in right. his own hell. Right. Um, <laughs> so she comes back and the Susanna comes back in the morning and he um, gives Ella to her and tells her to go. Yeah. It puts her in the car. I mean, she right. just and, and Ella just looks sad. I mean, she knows what's going on. He just puts it that, you know, that, you know, that movie drama hand on the window like right. I love yeah. you. He did do that. And this is where he admits that he <laughs> let his wife die. And then yes. and then Amanda Siegfried just looked at looks at him and goes, OK, well, not didn't say, OK, well, she understood. She's like, oh, oh yeah, you mm -hmm. got to go back in. All right. Do we say spoiler alert? I don't know. We okay. did. I don't, I don't know that it, it's really all that shocking, though. Anyway, like even if I knew that, I'm not missing out on so, a lot in the film. So <laughs> let me ask you. 
How did you interpret the end, the very end of the movie, that he was paying his due? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, this is this is like uh, an interpretation of hell, I guess, and he's paying his penance for what he did for letting his wife die by having to stay in this house and be trapped here without his 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 daughter and. Uh, I gave some thought, and this might be very outlandish, and it it might add something to it. Okay, maybe he sold his soul. Like that conversation that he had with his daughter, everything came so easy to me. And then, you know, letting his wife die, the, the greed got the best of him. Uh, and he said that, you know, you were the one thing I waited for, that nice conversation that they mm-hmm. had. Yeah. And maybe that he was there to collect. Just a thought. That could be, you know, that's an interesting, that's very interesting. I actually, that's I very was thinking about it on the way into work and is like, you know what? Maybe he sold his soul. Could be. You're right. For something like that. Yeah, that, that could very well be. So, it, because why would Settler look exactly like Theo? Right. You know? Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's an interesting interpretation of it, definitely. But then the time loops in between where he's like, okay, well, I'm going to write down, you should have left, it's too late. You know, because you yeah. see him do that. And it's you see his handwriting and mm-hmm. oh this is my handwriting like you said off before we started this like you know I would know my handwriting and if I wrote yeah, I something frantic how drunk was I when I did this <laughs> that's I guess what I would think <laughs> um, yeah I mean no I, I guess the way I took it was the house is some kind of soul trap for evil people because it's kept other people in it too you know but you, you, that, that's a very interesting theory about selling your soul maybe they sold their souls too well I and I don't think so I think you see pictures pop up and you can't really yeah. see what the pictures are the rep- Representation of the woman in the bathtub because she was dead is yeah. the wife. Is the wife, obviously, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so that's demons coming back to your demons coming back to mm-hmm. get you. Yeah. I uh, guess after I watched this movie, I didn't think about it very much. So <laughs> I just, I, I, I was trying to put Ryan to the reason. No, it's, uh, that's a really interesting theory. I like that. Uh, and that, that would make some sense. So. Um, didn't help my score, though. What are you no. going to give? <laughs> you should have left. Um, so, like I said, I wasn't, I was glad i only paid 19.99 for this flick i didn't go to the theater and pay 60 bucks to see it with my wife um movie was i thought it was entertaining enough it cost four million bucks for blumhouse to make this thing well, that, that, um i hope they recovered their money on this flick uh despite the lack of the theater release was it good bad or a classic i i honestly thought it was good it's worth a watch in my opinion i give it two and a half stars um I I didn't feel like I wasted my time. Uh, I don't think there's anything shocking or anything you haven't seen before in a movie. Um, Premise might be a little bit interesting. The characters aren't. Very few scares for a horror movie. Um, I don't know if you you want to watch this with like a group of people who want to see something that's... uh, I mean, it's a well... It's a competently made film. As far as the cinematography, the um, you know the acting is is passable. It's not egregious. Mm-hmm. You got uh, and and uh, not Veronica editing. No, it's it was not Veronica. <laughs> if that's a, if that's your litmus, this is a, a dude. I'm telling you, that's, that's the highest bar that we're gonna set right there. <laughs> so if you want to watch like a uh, inoffensive horror movie with a group of people that uh, you know are gonna want you and you want to see something well made, and don't, don't really want to offend or embarrass anyone. I think this is a decent movie to watch. Um, looks nice, even if the story isn't all that great. I, I, and two, two and a half stars is what I give it. Okay. Um, I agree with you, man. I think the aesthetic, the cinematography was good. Um, I thought um, 
Amanda Siegfried's character was kind of a throwaway. I would agree. She you really know, I, didn't. Make, I, I yeah. think she could have played. I, I liked the, the build that they did at the beginning of the movie, that they were a cohesive family and very, very uh, tight. Um, but there, there wasn't much after that. Um, Kevin Bacon, man, he like, like you said, I think he just kind of was taking his paycheck and just yeah, going through it in. Right. He maybe had something uh, better to do after this. Well, I, I saw that he was a producer of this movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe that's where his focus was. Could have been, um, you know, maybe, or maybe he wanted to put the spotlight on the little girl cause she killed it. Um, that I'd agree with the premise, you know, of a haunted or possessed house is really good. I, I, I love the idea of it. There could have been so much done with that, but there were so many unnecessary scenes, things that, you know, just really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, it bothered me. It took an hour and 10 minutes to get to the big, you know, the big crescendo of the movie. And there was zero payoff to it. I, I totally agree with you there. I really don't think the ending of the movie was anything great. Yeah. Um, I don't and, know. And, I, and I, I was kind of waiting for that the whole movie. Like, where is this going? It's one of those kind of movies where it seems to be going somewhere and building some sort of suspense for you. And it just it did not pay off at all. I, I totally agree with that. Like some of the jump scares where you had the shadowy figures in the background because it happened a couple of times. It almost felt like to me it was just a, a crew member that was walking through accidentally. <laughs> That's the way it felt. Yeah. Um, Gosh, and I hate. I know Amanda Seyfried is is a Academy Award nominee, fantastic actor. Kevin Bacon is a legend. That's why he's been in so many movies, and and he he's done so much. But man, this was not a good role for him at all. Um, I'm gonna give this a one and a half. I'm gonna say this is a bad movie. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna discourage anybody from watching it because you may get some enjoyment, like Andy did. Um, but I just this wasn't my bag. It was okay. it was really kind of you know if I'm trying to come up with things like like why this or why that I I didn't need explanation. I just need less of what you showed me. Sure, um, and I, I disagree with you there. I think it was I think it was good, um, but probably not for the real reasons you watch a horror movie. It, it was good because it was comedy made. It was the cinematography was great. It was a beautiful movie. Yeah. Nothing uh, really exciting happened in it. Nothing shocking. Nothing groundbreaking here. But, but. I, I think that, you know, if you add aesthetic and, and, and cinematography is is an addition to give it a higher score. Like like for me or, or, or like for you to give Midsummer, and I'll just go back to that. And it's only been 45 minutes mm-hmm. for you to give that a four and a half says a lot. Mm-hmm. Because well, and, and okay, so Midsummer had a lot of this stuff. This that had beautiful cinematography, right? That had, but it also had a great uh, story and it had great acting, yeah. And, and it had a good payoff at the end, right? So and, that's and, that's my difference there. I mean, and gore, and the thing is, did, that's yeah. the reason. I I think to me, like if you're watching a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. You don't watch it for storyline or dialogue. You know, you get enjoyment out of it because it's a slasher movie. If you're watching a haunted house movie, you get it for the scares. No, I agree. I agree. But I think you can enjoy other aspects of the film without like, uh, you know, having it. I think there are there are things that you can enjoy watching in a film that go beyond some of that stuff. Even if you are watching it it for as a horror movie, um, I I did like seeing the 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 beauty of the film and the beauty of whales. And the the house was really interesting to me, uh, like from an architectural perspective. 
what was going on in the storyline in the movie. I don't know. No, it was it was boring. It was dull and, yeah, and, and not a great film. But he saw. But he saw that thing in his journal that said you should have left way late because the house already had control. Right. Right. Yeah. If the, if the name of the movie was called A Curse in Wales mm-hmm. or something like that, then yeah, maybe you know. If it was if it was called. Uh, <laughs> Modern Homes of Wales, uh, and I was on HGTV. I think I might have. Might have oh, I'd watch it every it. single yeah, day. I, I mean, my it. goodness, that was fantastic. I, I, I would like to see a documentary of of uh, this uh, house on HGTV. That would be a that'd be four stars for me. I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, again, this is one that we were really uh, on different ends of the spectrum. Well, not really. Not really. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's page. it's not a great film. I, I don't think it's bad necessarily, though. It, it's not. It's not terrible. There's nothing like just unwatchable about this movie it's it's a watchable film and it it just nothing is groundbreaking or earth-shattering or really amazing about it that that's i think it's a uh it like if you were going to give this if this grade was a term if this was a term paper you gave it a grade it'd be a c (laughs) i mean it's it's for me i I mean sure and and that's fine if you give it a d minus i I think that that's my grade is more like a c Mm -hmm. yours is more like a d minus which which is not very far from it i'm just saying that i think there's things that tip this into being a film that it's a watchable movie it's it's nothing anybody is going to be offended by or you know you put on like um I don't know, something like uh, Veronica, since we're talking about it. People are going to, you know, uh, think you're if you choose to watch that at, at a group uh, movie night, mm-hmm. like you have a couple couples over or whatever and you choose to watch. People are going to be like, who chose this ridiculous <laughs> know, piece exactly. of trash? You put on uh, you should have left and everybody's going to be like, eh, you know, yeah, Andy picked this movie and it was it was all right. <laughs> no, they would have said, who picked this movie? <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I don't think I'm you're going to get, you know, Andy, I agree with you. It's watchable. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. just think that if, if you look at the merits of what a, and you brought it up yourself of what a horror movie is yeah no i agree the, the merits aren't there I it's mean, not great no yeah. you're right so again we're on different sides i mean we sure. can argue about this all day we're at 48 minutes uh yeah. hey uh coming up august 7th we're going to be talking about i think one of your favorite movies the wicker man the that, that is one of my definitely one of my favorite movies i love those old cult uh, 70s cult movies can i ask if it's a five star <laughs> or, or are we gonna wait till next week we'll, f- we'll find out next week i'm, I'm curious actually <laughs> uh, we'll follow that up with the uh, japanese a zombie movie, which is very interesting. Uh, One Cut of the Dead. We've got Andy from Straight Chillin' Podcast joining us uh, August 21st. Veronica. Veronica. I'm sorry. Stuck <laughs> Veronica. in Veronica. My... Yes. It's the Spanish made film. It's a <laughs> yeah. possession film. Yep. And uh, August 28th, The Return of the Living Dead, which is a whole lot of fun. Yep. Um, all right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode number 71 of the Horror Foria podcast. Uh, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week.